Welcome to Salem Alliance Church. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit us at salemalliance.org. This week's message is by Rod Pepping. Well, good morning, church. A great time of worship together. Boy, that was awesome. Uh, Thanks for being here this morning. My name is Rod. Uh, I'm the outreach pastor, and I know nobody is listening to a word I say, so let's do the first thing we need to do and have the ushers come forward and pass out those fruit snacks. We know that, yeah, clapping for them. People are ready for them. We know that that's first and foremost on your mind at... uh, the, the five o'clock service, because it's our kickoff, I was not in the rhythm of this, and I preached about a quarter of the message before I passed them. I, I had people like standing up in the rows getting ready to yell at me. So we'll make sure that we get those out first thing. Uh, I love family gathers. It's a time uh, as we're kind of rounding out the last part of summer that we get together and we get to have all families here. This is my third year in a row of of kicking off family gathers. So uh, I think that that's awesome. Uh, Maybe they just think, uh, you know, I think a little more basic like kids and things. I'm not sure, but I'm here with you and doing this. Um, One thing I would like to show you is behind me is this is the winning submission this week for Dana. Yeah, you give Dana a, a clap. Uh, we had kids submit things, and every week we're, we're picking a winner and giving away. Uh, I did not vote in this, um, so don't ask me why or how, but I think I would vote because she had donuts in the kitchen. So, I mean, that's enough. I, I love donuts, so donuts, I think, win it over for me. It was houses this week, and every week after that, it's, it's a, a different creation. So we'll be doing that. Uh, This is a series, I would say this, that you want to be here every week. We have lined up some great people uh, from the staff of Salem Alliance to come and speak to you on different subjects. We'll be talking about creativity. We'll be talking about trust God the builder and watching God behind the scenes. We'll be doing all of those different things. Uh, So make sure you're here. Uh, But I'm going to just kick us off as we're talking about Legos and ask you this question. Does anybody know where the name Lego comes from? Yeah, people in, somebody in first service said they thought it was two kids fighting over a Lego and saying Lego, but that's, that's not, not at all where it comes from. It's an abbreviation of two Dutch words that mean play well. So it was a Dutch company that used to make, uh, it was a woodworking company they used to make like wood trains and stuff and they stumbled across this little plastic block and the rest is history. Now we have a Lego land. Uh, we have all kinds of Lego things. Do you, does anybody know when the Lego was invented? Ooh, close over here, I heard 50s. 1958, 1958. And from that day forward, parents have been stepping on these in the middle of the night ever since, right? Those little things don't look dangerous. But they can be painful, that's for sure. Uh, I love it because Legos were named the toy of the century twice. Tells you how uh, creative just this little block. You can build anything with these blocks, right? I mean, it's just amazing to me. They don't all look the same when they started. They started with one block, but uh, I have all kinds of shapes and sizes up here. Uh, They're all different things. And And I would say this, the church is the same way. I'm gonna tell you today that you are a Lego. 
And that's amen. That's it's where we want to go this morning. Um, but as I talk about building the church, let me give you at least a working definition when I talk about building the church. Because when I say the church, there's so many different definitions. And this is not an exhaustive definition. Paul writes about it in many different analogies. But I'm just going to say this. The local church is a collection of people who believe in Jesus that come together to care for one another, to learn about his word, to worship together, to share resources together. And then we're called to be Jesus's hands and feet so we can spread the good news of who Jesus is locally and globally. So when I talk about building the church, that's what I'm talking about. Um, and so as we get into this and we talk about uh, building the church and you're a Lego, what I wanna do right now is I'm gonna pass out every person gets a Lego. So ushers, come on down. Now, I, we don't have enough for people to take handfuls. You get one Lego. And I would ask that you don't look through and try and find your favorite shape or color. Just grab a Lego and pass it on. We're going to be talking about that the whole service. Everybody gets a Lego. But why we're talking about that, I want you to think of yourself in terms of Legos if we were building a church. If I were to tell every person with that Lego, I want you to come down here and I've got a plan on how to do this and we're going to build a church, it would be beautiful, but it would look different than any other church in the area. Why? Because broad, God brought your Lego into the room. And so I think that that's the important piece is, is understanding that, that we're going to build something, but your Lego is important. And what I'm going to ask you to do over the next six weeks is you're going to take this Lego home and you're not just going to add it to your box of Legos. You're going to put it somewhere that you see it, whether it's in a car or maybe uh, kids, maybe you're going to put it on a desk where you do your homework um, or wherever it is in your house that, that you're looking at it. Because I, we want to, by the end of the service, there's going to be three things about this Lego that I want you to remember. And I'm going to ask that you be reminded of throughout this series. But here's the deal. Like I said, if I asked you to come and build a building, we could do that. And back when I was a kid, all they had were just bags of Legos, right? That's all you got. You just got Legos and you just built whatever you decided. But nowadays, there's lots of things. The, the whole new thing in Legos is kits, right? If you want to buy, build a Millennium Falcon, you don't have to be an engineer. You just go buy the Millennium Falcon kit. Or if you want to build a spaceship or Batman, Batmobile, whatever it is, you go buy the kit of Legos and you open it up and it's got a great plan to it, right? And so I believe the same thing is true. God has brought you here with your Legos and he hasn't said, you guys just build whatever you want. He said this, I want you to build the church and I have a plan. The problem is this, we start to get faulty plans going. And if we don't have a good plan, building the church is gonna be very, very difficult. So I want to talk to you this morning. Uh, actually, before I get there, I want you to read this scripture because this is going to talk about how the God's plan for building the church. In Ephesians, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. 
This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies and so clever they sound like the truth. Now, if I was to explain that in modern day language, because sometimes people are like prophets and pastors, apostles, what do they do? I would say this. Your Lego has been brought here and God has brought all kinds of talents and gifts into this room. He's brought some people that are good at starting things. He's brought some people who are really good at administration. He's brought some people who are really great at being kind of uh, preaching and being in front of people. He's brought people who love to be behind the scenes. He's brought people who are great at empathizing and walking through pain with people. He's brought people who are good at leading groups and, and doing that and having fun or planning fun events. He's brought all of us here together and we want to build it. Now, as you look at that Lego in your hand, I want you to notice this. It's different than your neighbor's. Maybe the shape is different. Maybe it looks different. And I think that that is important because as we're building, we want to understand that God has uniquely gifted us as a Lego. So let's talk about those faulty plans on how, how our plans can fall short. And that's this. Uh, the first thing we do when we start uh, building by faulty plans is this. We use the comparison plan. Now let me explain that a little bit. There's so many times in our life that we look at our Lego and we say, I wanna be the yellow Lego, but I'm the brown Lego. I, this just looks like the perfect Lego. That's how God, I'm sure, created Legos to be and that's how they're supposed to look. But I look like this. And we compare ourselves to other people all around us all the time. In fact, we say, man, I, I wish I was a, you know, I, I wish I was the, the brown Lego or the gray Lego or the blue Lego. I wish I was a bigger Lego or a smaller Lego. I wish I was taller or shorter or whatever it is. We just compare ourselves to each other. And the truth of the matter is this. Most times we compare our insides with other people's outsides. You see, it's not a fair comparison game. It's, it's a losing proposition. Anytime you compare your insides with somebody else's outsides, you're losing. And the fact is with social media, it gets even harder and harder because we get to craft our outsides much better than we ever could before. I want uh, us to look at this in 1 Corinthians 3, 5 through 9. After all, who is Apollos? And who is Paul? We are only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seeds in your heart and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seeds grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. For we are both God's workers and you are God's field. You are God's building. What a great message. We have to remember to quit comparing our insides to other people's outsides. Because like I said, it's a losing game. We all feel inadequate, feel like we don't measure up on the inside. And so if we were measuring that to the, the way somebody else feels, maybe it would work, but we don't do that. We just look at people on the outside and assume how they are on the outside is how they feel on the inside. And we say things like, I oh, mean, I wish I was as spiritual as that person. 
I wish I was good at math as that person. I wish I could throw a football or be as good at sports as, as, as that boy or girl next to me. I, man, I wish I was a better husband. Or, man, I wish I was a better mom. I just, you know, all those moms that get their kids together and in matching outfits and the hair looks perfect, I can barely get my kid dressed. And so we all of a sudden are just comparing this and it, we totally lose. Uh, one of the best ways that this was driven home to me was, was when I uh, married my bride and I married into the Davies family. She has a brother who is just naturally gifted at business and has been wildly successful. Uh, I love meeting with him and I enjoy it. But, but when I got married uh, to Diane, um, I didn't like him. And one of the things I realized is it was because I was comparing my insides to his outsides. We, when we got married, were broke as a joke. Like, oh man, we just, it was a tough time of life, young married kids, you know, all of that. And we would get together for family vacations and, and uh, go home for Thanksgiving. And here he would roll up in, in his big car and all his kids looked perfect and they were all dressed great. He had his Rolex, he had the perfect house. He was, you know, he just was doing his thing. And we would go out to dinner and I remember telling Diane, we can't even afford to pay for our own dinner, let alone anybody else. And he would treat everybody and be generous. But I was always comparing myself to him, never felt good enough. And so it drove a wedge between us. We didn't talk. We, in fact, we didn't get along for years. And I don't know, maybe six years ago, we were on a family vacation, went home for Thanksgiving like we do every year. And I said, uh, you know, Mark, can I take you out for coffee? And we started this thing that we do have done now for six years is for every day that I'm there and he's there, I get up early and we grab coffee and we sit and have coffee together. And we have this great relationship. But, but it was about six years ago when we had coffee and he said this to me as he was going through a painful divorce. His kids were not adjusting well. His life was falling apart. And he said, Rod, I have traded my family for success. He said, I thought I was doing what was right and I thought I was giving them everything their heart could desire. But what I realized is I've ruined my kids and ruined my life. And so I remember in that moment in time looking at him and going, I would not trade his life for mine for all the money in the world. But it's a hard lesson because I didn't realize he has all the same inadequacies, he looks at me and says, oh, I wish I was as spiritual as that pastor brother of mine. And I wish I, you know, and so we're both comparing and we're both falling short, understanding that, that we're not comparing our insides with each other's insides. We're just doing this comparison game and, and it ruins us. And I think we do that so much in the church. I think instead of going, yes, God brought pastors and apostles and all these people with gifts. We say, I, my Lego won't fit because I don't have the right gifts and skill sets as they do. And so we need to quit doing the comparison game. The next thing we do is we do use the doing plan. And for a doer like me, this is where I fall all the time. Uh, throw up the next scripture here is this. Philippians says this, dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. I love that he didn't say follow my example. In other words, he wasn't saying everybody needs to be like Paul. Everybody needs to build tents. Everybody needs to go across the world and preach. He was saying, follow our example as a church. In other words, as a church, God is doing things inside of us. He is making us more, look more and more like Jesus. Follow that example. But you see, it's so much easier to be a doer than a beer. 
We like doing things. We can check it off our list. It keeps us busy. Sometimes it keeps us from looking at ourselves. So we just do. We do, we do, we do, right? Uh, and it's, it's what I do. I'm a pastor. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I just, I just do things. And I don't stop to go, wait a minute, my Lego doesn't need to look like my neighbor's and it doesn't need to be the same. And so I do this thing where I argue with God. Maybe you've never done this, uh, but I do it a lot. And so I put down a list of all of the times God asked me about being and I turn it into what I'm doing. And so here is my inner dialogue. It goes a lot like this. Rod, what about your anger? But God, look at all the stuff I get done for you. Like, you know, I get a little testy and people fall in line and we get a lot of stuff done, right? Like, I'm using it for your glory. And he's like, no, it's your anger. Rod, what about your judgmental spirit? But God, look at my kids. They've turned out great. And so I know I judge every other parent. But, you know, I mean, my kids are good and look at what I've done for you. He goes, that's not what I asked. Rod, what about your mouth? And I'm like, yeah, but I'm much better than I was when I was a sailor, right? Like, I'm not, a, I'm not talking like a sailor anymore. And he says, Rod, I didn't ask you about where you've been. I'm asking you about where you're going. And so for me, it's this internal struggle of, I always want to turn it. Look at what I've done. Don't look, at the, uh, don't look inside here. Look at what I've done. Because I can do a lot of stuff. And God's saying, no, no, no. You're building by faulty plans. It's about being more than it is about doing. So what are the things I want you to realize? When you put that Lego, uh, wherever you're gonna put it for the next six weeks, here are three things that I want you to realize as you look at this Lego. The first one is we need everyone. 1 Corinthians 12 says this. Yes, the body has many different parts, but not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. It is by no mistake you are here today with your Lego. You are a Lego piece of us as we build the church and we need everyone. I think the important piece is, is, is we need everyone because if we don't, we don't have a well-rounded church, right? We, we can't do it with just some of you or just part of you or just those of you with certain gifts. We need every person God has brought. I think this, I think that church is much more like football than it is like golf. Let me explain that. Golf is an individual sport. It's you and a ball. And it's a little round ball and it's a very frustrating game. <laughs> and so you get up and you have the ball. And if you're a professional, maybe you have a caddy, but it's still, it's you and the ball and, and the gifts and clubs that have been God, God has given you, right? It's this. And so then you hit the ball and you hit it way right and then you walk way right and then you hit it way left and you walk way left and you hit it and you hit it and you hit it and you hit it until two things happen. Either you make it into the cup or you pick it up because you're frustrated and you go home. The two things that happen when you play golf. And it's all about you. Football is not all about you. You can have a great quarterback and not win the championship because a great quarterback does you no good without a good line. You need a great defense. 
You need people who are down on the line and are good at rushers. You need people who can run really fast backwards and catch the ball if it's thrown there. You need somebody who's just good at kicking the ball, which is crazy. They don't need to know anything about the offense. They don't need to know anything about the defense. They just need to know how to kick a ball really far and straight. And you see, the teams that win in football are the ones that have all the pieces and pull all the pieces together. And it's the same way in church. We need all the gifts that God has brought in this room together. We need you. We need everyone to participate so we can do that. We need introverts. We need extroverts. We need young people and people who are more mature and everything in between, right? We want a well-rounded church. We don't want a church that's missing anything, and that means we need everybody. The next thing is this, is being is more important than doing, Being is more important than doing. 1 Corinthians 13 is this. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of of angels but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all the God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge and if I had such faith that could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. That is a crazy scripture. Every time I go on a mission trip, I ask for the gift of tongues. Like maybe I'll understand the language this time. If I understood every language and could communicate to every person, but didn't love them, what would it matter? The other one is, is if you had all the knowledge that could unlock all the secrets of the universe, that's a lot. You could do a lot of good things with that. If you could unlock everything, all the knowledge, but you didn't love others, it wouldn't matter. God is saying, quit worrying that you don't look like that and, and worry about what I'm doing on the inside, right? It's, it's not about what you can build with the Lego. It's about what God's gonna build with your Lego as you're a part of the church, And I think that is so important. So uh, I do this thing called spiritual direction. There's a pastor who used to pastor here named Morris Dirks many years ago, and I go see him. Just so here's why I go see him because pastors need pastors. I know people think, oh, you're a pastor, you got it all figured out. Well, it's really far from that. So there are times I need somebody to talk to. There are times that life doesn't go well. You know, I've talked to people about my spiritual walk and they're like, don't we pay you to be spiritual? Well, that's not really how that works either. Um, So there are times I feel like, just like you, there are times I feel like, man, I am walking close with God. And there's other times I look around and go, God, are you even with me? What is going on? And I'm in this desert season and I'm trying to figure it out. And man, I, I just need help. And so, so I've been going uh, and seeing this gentleman for a while and he has really helped me. But we were sitting there talking one day about, man, I'm really struggling in, in kind of hearing from God and in my daily devotional time. And he just in a very polite way sat down next to me and started to draw a diagram that really cut me to the core. So I wanna share that with you. Here's the first thing he did, God and me. And I, well, that's an easy part of the diagram. That's no big deal. It's easy. The next line he did was this. And he said, Rod, your devotions make you acceptable to God. He said, do you really believe that? And I said, no, I don't think so. He said, yeah, but when you do that, then the next thing happens. Look at this. Then you understand that God loves me. He said, and that's the circle you're running. And I said, I get that that is not the truth, 
that Jesus Christ died for me, right? That, that no matter, nothing can make me acceptable to God that I already am, but, but I don't believe it because I don't act like it. In other words, my day goes really well when I have a good devotional because I feel like I'm clean and I'm good and, and my day's going great until my mouth gets in the way or my anger or, or something and then I feel like, man, I've totally blown it and God loves me, but I, I really think he doesn't like me or God loves me, but man, he sure is disappointed in me right now. And man, can't I just be a better Christian? And how come I keep messing up? And, what go, and, and so it's this ugly circle because I'm trying to get, I'm trying to be God and be acceptable to God. And, and the truth is the cross is the only thing that has done that. In fact, uh, God loves me so much that he sent Christ's son even when I hated Jesus, right? It says in Romans that some, some people might die for a good man, but Almost nobody would die for a man who hated them. And Jesus died for me, even while I was a sinner, even while I was an enemy of God, or even while I, I hated Jesus, he died for me because he loves me. And no matter what, I keep trying to do it. And I keep, I'm on the treadmill of doing because I want to do things for God. I want to build stuff. And God keeps saying, Rod, I want to build you. That's a difficult thing to hear. And so he said, listen, here's what we need to do. We need to fix the diagram. So he drew that again. I said, okay, that looks good. And he drew that and you go, oh man, it looks like kind of the same diagram. And then he drew this. And he said, that's what you need to get to. And so here's what he told me to do, which was the weirdest thing I've ever done in my Christian walk. He said, quit doing your daily devotionals. I said, what? He said, quit it. He said, you're going to go stir crazy because you're just, it's going to be weird. But he said, just quit doing it for a month. And so for about two weeks, it was one of the most difficult things because it wasn't, I was trying to be good enough for God. And if you're not doing those things, then what good is it? And he just said, every time you think that, just continue to think God loves you, God loves you, God loves you. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter who you are, God loves you. And about two weeks in, something happened. I wanted to do my devotions because I wanted to worship God because I started to realize that my identity was not tied in in what I was doing, but that he just loves me. And because he loves me, I wanna devote my life to him and do devotions and I wanna worship him and be closer to him. And pray, prayer was a little easier and, and you know, things started to move in that direction because I realized I reoriented my identity. My identity is not in what I do. It's in who God is. And even my holiness, we're told in scripture, right, is Christ, Christ in us. It's not what we do. We can't, you can never be acceptable to God. But Jesus Christ already did that for you. So I want you to remember this when you look at that Lego over the next six weeks. Being is more important than doing. Yes, I think God brings us together to build a beautiful church. But what he wants to do in us is way more important than what we can do for him. Now, there, nothing would be complete on a Lego kickoff without this song. So let's play this song. Everything is awesome. Yeah, all the kids. Not a great song? Do it again. Everything is awesome. I have time. We can do it a third time. You guys aren't worried about parking. So we'll just play it all day. Uh, now you're welcome to what I've been doing all weekend. That song is in my head. 
It was about a week ago I discovered that song. My kids were old enough. I didn't really kind of go through the Lego movie, but that song, boy, that'll, you're welcome. You're welcome from me to you. You're welcome. Uh, Here's the lyrics of that song. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. Everything is awesome when you're living out a dream. Everything is better when we stick together. And so my last point is this. It's time to get building. It's time to take your Lego and get building. Philippians 4 says this, and now dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thought on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Let's do this together. We need to get together and serve. God gave you a Lego. And the the truth is this, is when we decide to put this Lego in our pocket and walk out the door, you miss an incredible blessing that God has for you. But you know what's an even, even more profound truth, I think, is that we miss the blessing of having you join us. God brought you here because you have talents and gifts. And I know you may not look like the next Lego, And I know you may not think that your skills and skill set or gifts are the right, but but we need you. It's time to get building together. And I think that there is a spot for you to serve uh, in everywhere. I just would say don't remove the blessing that God will bring you by serving the body of Christ getting together. And I know we have families in here going, man, I can't do that, or teens and saying like, man, I don't know how to serve. Well, serve in C1 or C2. My my daughter's been serving with the middle school's uh, girls, and she finds that she loves serving with those girls. Find a place to serve. If you're an adult, We're a big place. Find a passion. You tell us your passion, I'm sure that there's a place. Maybe you need to serve in a community group or get together uh, and serve in an outreach place or wherever. Maybe you have small kids and you're like, Rod, I just can't do that. You know one of my favorite things is? Is when I walk in and there's a family greeting together. What a cool place. It's an hour a month out of your time and day to serve and and just say hi and greet people. Uh, You know, some families come and serve at things like Feed Salem or other places. Uh, Look on the website, talk to Laurel in the the, uh, Welcome Center if you have any questions about that. But, But I would say this, it's time for us to get building. Remember this, God has created you. We need you. It's about more than doing, and we need everybody to complete and make a full and healthy church. So let's, let's get together and start building the church that God has created. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? God, thank you uh, for a great reminder this week of, of you building your church. Lord, I just pray that we would remember that you have brought us here and that you want us to engage Lord, would we remember that it's not about what we can build for you, but it's about what you're doing inside of us. Lord, and I just would pray that we would quit comparing ourselves or trying to build, but that we would just remember that you have created us with gifts and talents and you have brought us here because the church needs our gifts and talents. Lord, thank you for dying on the cross and doing all that you've done for us and continuing to bless us in your son's precious name. Amen. Salem Alliance Church is a community of Jesus followers located in downtown Salem, Oregon, and we are passionate about our city being a city at peace with God. If you have a request that we could pray for, please email us at 
prayers at salemalliance.org. You can view today's entire service online at livestream.com backslash Salem Alliance.